My father packed every single record, crumpling newspapers to stuff up the space, wrapping the masking tape in bandage-like strips, crisscrossing the boxes corner to corner. They weren't yet married, but she was already pregnant, and it must have been difficult for them to find the right words to say to each other that first day. Certainly it was in the years that followed. I can almost hear their voices. His soft, hers sharp. So, play me some of this, he says. What kind of music do you like? She asks. I guess I don't even know. Me? I like everything. That's what I thought, she says. When you say you like everything, that really means you like nothing. Tape screeches around a box. He's wrapped them many times over because he enjoys sitting there with her. I don't think so. It means I like everything. I'm tempted to prove you wrong, she says, but she picks Otis Redding live in Europe and lets the whole album play as she sits with her knees pulled to her chest, her head on his shoulder. They spent the next week weaving their way up California. They stopped to eat peaches on the roadside, asked tourists from Iowa to photograph them smiling over cliffs on Highway 1, held hands among the burned-out husks of sequoias, drove with a gospel station on the radio, and the sky spread in patches of white and blue like a chessboard. But when they arrived in Loyalty Island, my mother had no job, no friends, and it was almost fall. My father pulled up the shade on the picture window, throwing sun on the bare walls, revealing the bay below. The living room was empty, but for a few pieces of furniture, three generations old. I have to get back to work soon, he said. But this is us now and my mother turned to him with tears in her eyes and said, It's very nice. The first week my mother didn't unpack a single box, but the next week my father returned home to chaos. He could hear the music before he even turned off the car. A trumpet honking like a sea lion, a saxophone pitched like a steaming kettle, bawling trills over a clatter of drums. He wouldn't have known or cared at the time, but the record was Coltrane's Live in Seattle. Inside, he found my mother in the middle of the floor, one leg outstretched, the other knee supporting her chin. The sofa was layered with slip jackets and paper sleeves. His carefully packed boxes had been ripped open and bits of tape hung from the flaps. My father began work on the studio the next spring. He thought of her old house in Santa Cruz, its floor-to-ceiling bookshelves. As a man who spent months at a time crowded with others on a steel ship, He understood the necessity for private and familiar space, and, more than anything else, he wanted his town, his home, his life to become familiar to my mother, to become hers. The studio was half-built already. My father had inherited the house from his own father, who, years before, had erected a wall dividing the basement. He'd meant to build a dark room, but got only as far as installing an iron double-basin sink in the corner. My father cleared out the old junk, his rusted childhood schwinn, netting and buoys, cans of paint, an old Christmas tree stand, piles of National Geographics. He swept up the dirt and tore out the spiderwebs. He laid down a bright orange carpet and built shelves into the walls out of white pine, reinforced by bolts to manage the weight of the records. He built a window seat, though there was no window, and ordered a mohair cushion from Vancouver. He bought sheets of cork board to line the walls and trim the ceiling. He refused to let my mother downstairs until he was done, as if he were Michelangelo guarding his ceiling. 
When he finally finished, he waited until she'd taken the car ferry to Seattle to go shopping and see a movie in Spanish. He lifted her boxes yet again, 19 in all, and placed the records on the white shelves in alphabetical order. He was meticulous by nature, but he also knew he'd dragged his wife out of her life and into his. The records were the grammar she used to express that change. If she'd come all this way for him, it was only fair that he learned to speak her language. But my mother never became less of a mystery to my father. And the place he'd brought her to, the place that became my home, always remained a mystery to her.